1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
0: Oh, by that logic, the Celtics didn't get barbecued last night. And trust me, they got barbecued last night. That was an absolute embarrassment for Boston. Chris, they should shut down the city today after what happened to the Celtics last night at home. Well, they could actually build the
2: city with all the bricks that they were laying from three-point line last night.
0: Canty and Carlin. (laughs) ESPN Radio (laughs) and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter, at ChrisCanny99, at Chris Carlin. There's no other way to, get to describe that. That was complete embarrassment for the Boston Celtics. So much of what had happened through the last three games had built up so much momentum for them. And frankly, walking into an absolute gift of a victory in Game 6 when they did everything they could to choke it away. And then last night, to not show up at home, if you think that Jason Tatum getting hurt in the first play is why the Celtics lost a game, I can't help you. That's not why they lost the game. They lost the game because they didn't defend, and because they lost a the game because they kept hoisting threes after they started over for 12.
2: Well, beyond just Game 7, they lost
0: this series because they didn't take care
2: of their business. They didn't come out with the same urgency in the conference finals that the Miami Heat did. If you want to boil it down to one game and you say, oh, we lost the series because Jason Tatum turned his ankle on the first play, Well, what happened in the first six games? Yeah. I mean, everybody came into this series saying that you, Boston, were by far the more talented of the two teams. And one thing that we got to get clear right now, big fella, it's something that Bill Parcells always says. The best players don't always make the best team, but the best team always wins. I I can't think of a situation or an outcome in sports that better defines that point than what we just saw in the conference finals. Because when you look at the Boston Celtics, they had two all NBA players this year and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They've got three guys that have made all NBA teams throughout their career. If you want to rope in Al Horford, you've got four guys on this team in the rotation that have been on an all NBA defensive team. You, you've got one guy that won defensive player of the year in Marcus smart. You've got another guy that won six men of the year in Malcolm Brogdon, And you just lost to the Miami heat who got Jimmy Butler and his merry brand of men. That, that, that's, that's what you did. That's what happened. They got The Heat have four undrafted players in their rotation. They don't have Tyler Hero, who got hurt early in the postseason. And you just lost to them. Now, I get it. You're talking about the same team that beat you, or the same team that took you seven games in the conference finals last year. I get it. I get it. But at what point are we going to stop making excuses for the Boston Celtics underachieving with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You would think, after what you saw in Game 6 and their approach, shooting all those threes, having the worst three-point performance as a team in the season, you would think that they would come up with a different philosophy in Game 7. But no, they decided they're going to run it back. We're just going to hoist up a bunch of threes. Oh for 10 in the first quarter, 4 for 21 in the first half. That's at the what, first 12. At what point do you stop shooting threes? And say, we got to come up with a different approach. At what point do you course correct and say, we're not going to win this game the way we thought we were because Jason Tatum is now physically compromised? At some point, you got to shift gears, and we
0: never saw that. You can put that on the coach, but you also got to put that on the guys in the locker room, too. Well, that, that's fine, but listen, the coach has asked about it directly post game, and this is what he said.
3: Joe, how
1: did the game plan have to adjust to uh, navigate perhaps any limitations Jason had?
4: Uh, nothing. I mean, I thought we just, he just tried to play through it as best as he could.
0: Nothing. We weren't changing anything. And, and even after all those missed shots, we weren't changing anything. Just kept doing what we do, which is just throw up irresponsible threes and hope that they go in. And you were 17 for uh, 70-something the last two games from three. It was a, a, a complete disaster. And, Chris, I, I could tell early when they had no interest in defending the lane yeah. no interest in defending anybody and making it just as easy as could be for the miami heat to get down uh and and hit shots mm-hmm. you know this was not about the celtics uh just a night where the shots weren't falling mm-hmm. they were taking terrible shots yeah and they weren't defending yeah you deserve to lose and I, I can't imagine that happening. Think about everything that happened in this series for the Miami Heat to win. They took the first two games on the road. They went up three games to none, and you come all the way back. You have a gift handed to you the other night, an absolute gift after you should have put them away. they had The Celtics had no business uh, not putting away the Heat in Game 6 Yeah, because they were dead. And somehow, you kept hanging, letting them hang around. And then last night, you don't even show up. I mean, listen, I get it. Jason Tatum gets hurt, that's a problem. Chris, that didn't suck the life out of that team. That team just did not have any counter moves in them whatsoever. And I I think this is a stat that just bears repeating. This was the worst offensive team In the entire league this year, Mm. it was 25th in shooting. They shot 50% in the game. It was 27th in three-point shooting. They shot 50% in the game, Chris. That just can't happen. The Celtics, it's not like they weren't a good defensive team during the year, but it's like during the postseason, it wasn't even a word that was in Joe Mazzula's vocabulary well that's the part that's surprising to me because Jalen Brown talked
2: about it after the game six win how they had to reinvent themselves in the middle of the playoffs and their mindset was leading with defense and that will keep them in games and that would win them games And, and I thought what we saw in game five was the perfect illustration of that so for them to get away from that a little bit of a head scratcher but I guess it coincides or correlates with them missing so many shots on the offensive side of the court like when you're when you when your shots aren't falling, you get frustrated and you're not as locked in. You're not giving as much effort on defense. And here's the thing: I understand that as a as a professional athlete, like it, you you play defense, so you get the opportunity to go back on offense if you're in basketball. Like that's that's the that's the motivation behind getting stops, so you can have more opportunities to light up the scoreboard. When you're not scoring points, what's your incentive to be locked in on defense? I, I just I, I just felt like the Boston Celtics lost sight of the fact that this is the conference finals. And it felt like the moment was too big for him. And with every single miss, especially early on in that game, you felt the pressure mounting on them from the crowd and the groans and the boos starting to come out. You felt that it was almost palpable, the pressure that was on the Celtics, as you saw Miami dictate the complexion of the game. And at some point, you have to have one of your star players or your head coach find a way for you guys to get out of it Neither Jalen Brown nor Joe Missoula had any answers, and I think that's what's going to cause Brad Stevens to take a long, hard look at this team going into this summer.
0: Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Jason uh, Jalen Brown, I really felt like not that Jason Tatum dodged it, but Jalen Brown is the guy that encapsulated everything that was said post game as far as what should be said and how it should be. We handled. fell,
3: I fell, oh, and we let the we let the whole city down.
0: I, I feel like Jalen Brown is going to be sitting on this one all offseason when you have eight turnovers in that game. Well, there was nothing else Jalen Brown could say. Let, I, I don't want to give him too much credit. Uh, I no, mean, no, no. I'm not, I'm not they're, jumping they're, up they're, and down and giving him they're, credit. They're, He's the only one who even a-
2: really acknowledged it because— Well, listen, what the hell else is he going to do, Carlton? Did you see his line from last night? Well— he was god-awful. Well, he could do what Jalen Tatum
0: was, did. He could do it. He could do what uh well, at least Tatum, at did, least, which is basically try to be Bill Belichick and not even answer questions. Well, at least Tatum has an excuse, right? It, it, it's—
2: the fact that he did roll his ankle. It was a significant injury. Had it not been an elimination game, you're probably not talking about that guy being able to continue that game, but he stayed out there because it was win or go home. But, I mean, with Jalen Brown, there is no excuse. He was 8 of 23 from the field, 1 of 9 from three point landing. He had eight turnovers. He was minus 17. In, what, 43 minutes played? It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, at, at no point in this series, did it feel like Jason Tatum had a wingman that he could rely on that could score 35-plus points and help them get the win? It just felt like if it wasn't going to be Tatum leading the charge, then there was
0: nobody else that you could fall back on. Well, look, for me, there are, there are other issues, and we are going to delve into them all today. But Joe Missoula has proven zero to me, and I guess it's year one. And you want to have a little bit of grace, and maybe he turns out to be a great coach. I don't have time if I'm the Boston Celtics. I'm sorry. I don't have time for this. Because these two primary players in Jason Tatum and uh, uh, Jalen Brown are not going anywhere, at least right now. So I have to try to win with them immediately, and I don't have time for somebody to come and grow on the job. I'm sorry. I know he got thrown into it. I know he didn't have assistant coaches. I know all that crap. That's fine. I've got guys who are ready-made winning coaches who are available right now. And I lost one of them yesterday in Nick Nurse. I've got Monty Williams. You think they're going to be... Let me ask you this, Chris. Monty Williams is a coach. Do they win that series? Probably. Yeah, they do. They do probably they do well,
2: here's the thing it's a hypothetical we'll never be able to no, prove but I, I th- understand, but, I, but, but I think but I think they would have a better chance with a more seasoned coach but we keep talking about the coaches and we got to come back to the tandem of Tatum and Brown how long are we going to give these dudes in order to realize the potential the promise that we saw in both of these guys who were both top 3 picks in their respective drafts it's been 6 seasons together yeah what is it four conference finals one NBA finals appearance uh, i mean at what point do we say, maybe this doesn't work? Everybody wants to say, well, give them time. They'll grow into it. They're both so young. You got to keep these talented guys together because talent wins out in this league. Well, hell, the Miami Heat just disproved that. The Miami Heat just showed you it ain't all about talent. Yep, It's about getting guys to play up to the maximum of their potential. And that is not something you've been able to say about Tatum and Brown since they've entered into their primes in this league. Bill Parcells said this, and I I love quoting Coach Parcells because I think he's got some great phrases, and he boils it down to brass tacks. He says, potential gets you fired. Potential just means you haven't done it yet. We're still waiting on Tatum and Brown to do it. We're still waiting on something that we haven't seen. And guess what, big fella? We might might not ever see it. We might not ever see it. If I got to keep asking the question – can the tandem of Tatum and Brown win a championship every single season? Eventually, I'm going to land on the answer being no. Yeah, no, and, I, and that, and and we're getting dangerously close to that territory for the Boston Celtics and for Brad Stevens.
0: I understand that, and and I I don't necessarily disagree with it. I'm not doing it yet because I, I want to see the. I'm not breaking these two up yet. I I want to see them together for one more year, not because we're talking about potential or all that stuff. They were both extremely talented and as much as it does not guarantee the best team to have the most talent, uh, I've got already in place what is a winning situation uh, in all of the intangibles down in Miami, and I have none of that here right now. None of it. 888-SAY-ESPN 888 say ESPN, What to make of the Celtics? Is it time to break up Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. Can they win together? Because it does not look like they can. Is it time to break them up? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Uh, Canty, the Philadelphia 76ers yesterday hired Nick Nurse, Mm. and I love it. I I love it for Nick Nurse. I love it for the 76ers. I think they did the right thing uh, in getting rid of uh, Doc, and now in bringing in somebody that's an established winner, uh, I think he's going to make the most of Joel Embiid. B may not win a championship in the first year or two, but you could not do better than they did yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you, you hired a known
2: tactician, somebody that's a master when it comes to the X's and O's, and what's been the tough part for the Philadelphia 76ers over the last two or three years, figuring out how to get Joel Embiid the ball in his spots without him getting double-teamed and allowing him to be productive. Now I get it. He he's scored 30 plus, led the league in score in the last two years. But it's about him being able to be productive as a scorer when it matters most once we get to the postseason. And you know, Doc Rivers hasn't been able to figure out how to make that work. They haven't figured out how to maximize what he brings to the table. And this team has been capped at second round exits. And so I think they're looking to change things. I think when you make a decision like that, you're ultimately saying what we've done around here over the last three years isn't good enough and we have to raise our standard. And so from that standpoint, I love the messaging that the organization is sending to the locker room. Um, and then bringing in a head coach that has won a championship, what, in the last half decade, 2019 with the Raptors, mm-hmm. I, I think that 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 is something that's going to resonate with the younger players on that roster. And, and I think Philadelphia making that decision is saying, rather than going with, a Mike D'Antoni is saying that we're choosing our MVP player over what James Harden might want over trying to put our best recruiting effort to keep him from walking into free agency. We're prioritizing Joel Embiid as our centerpiece and we're going to build everything around him. And if James can't get on board with the direction that we want to take it, then so be it. And I thought that should have been their mindset all along once they made the decision to fire Doc Rivers,
0: yeah. Listen, if James isn't here, which I don't think he will be, no problem. Yeah. We'll we'll move on. We'll figure it out, and we will be able to reload next year with the, all that cap space that we're yeah, gonna have. Yeah, because I think that's the biggest thing, right? It, yeah. it's not a. That, that's why he
2: chose this job over the Phoenix Suns job, which he was in the running for, over the Milwaukee Bucks job, which he took his name out of the hat That's late the one last that would week. That's scare me. Like, he decided that he was going to take this job, okay? Yeah. So there were other contending teams that wanted Nick Nurse, and Nick Nurse chose Philadelphia. What that says, if you're a Sixers fan, is that the future is bright here. And it's not a a lock and load, let's go for it in 23-24. This is, look at the cap space that we might be able to create if James Harden walks away in free agency, once Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker's deals come off the books, think about what we'll be able to do. We have a championship-winning coach and an MVP center. We, we've we got all of the makers. We've got Tyrese Maxey, too. Think about how attractive this place will be in terms of a destination for veterans that are ring-chasing.
0: Yeah, these are all good points. And the other thing I would point to is this. If you're Nick Nurse, you're looking at those other two situations. Well... All right, I go to Phoenix. I've got two great players, but I'm sorry. Kevin Durant still has a stink of Brooklyn on him. He still does. And well, you well, can look just or, about it No, 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 hang on. It, 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 he's got that part of it, and he doesn't have enough around him. And there's not because they traded everything to get him. Uh, he was as responsible for what happened in Brooklyn because he let it happen on his watch. And then, boy, if it was Milwaukee, I'd be scared right now if I was Milwaukee. Hmm. Because the best player in all of that group is Giannis. And if he didn't want to go and coach Giannis right now, that says to me that maybe Giannis is not going to be locked in there for the longest term. You know, maybe he kind of... Because, I mean, Chris, if you had the choice, do you think the Sixers was the best choice he could have made or would you rather be coaching Giannis for the next five, six years?
2: I mean, listen, Giannis is is a top two player in this league. I mean, it's him and Jokic as the best players in this league. I'm just thinking about Milwaukee, thinking about what they can do to make themselves attractive, thinking about the assets. And listen, I don't pretend to know everything there is to know about roster construction in the NBA, but I will say this, you have an MVP player in Joel Embiid and an emerging young star in Tyrese Maxey and a lot of cap space and some draft picks to work with. I think the Philadelphia situation over the next three years is a a good situation. And Embiid is locked in. There's so much uncertainty with Giannis, and I don't think that Giannis is going to be leaving Milwaukee. But his reluctance, based on what we're hearing from Brian Winhorst and others, to sign a contract extension that he would be eligible for this summer— would give me pause to cause if I'm Nick Nurse. Which yeah. is why I would want to go to the place that has the superstar locked in for the foreseeable future, has a good young star in the backcourt in Tyrese Maxey, and will have a lot of cap space over the next two seasons in order to reshape the roster. So I, th- I just think Philly is a good situation. And the fact that Nick Nurse, who was in demand during his hiring cycle, chose that place, if you're a Sixers fan, you should be really
0: happy about your team's hire this week. 888-SAY-ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. How do you fix the Celtics? And is it time to break up Tatum and Brown? We will get to your calls very shortly. The lines are now open for you. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. In just moments we will check in with a man who knows an awful lot about basketball and the NFL especially and get his take on everything that's gone down and the news in the NFL as well. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle Not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only,
1: exclusions apply. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
3: visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets, that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is the Canty
1: and Carlin Podcast.
3: Lost the ball, poked from behind by Butler. Butler gets it back and slams it. And the lead is 17 After blowing a 3-0 series lead, the Heat stop the Celtics in Boston and make history themselves. They become just the second eight seed ever to
0: make the NBA Finals.
4: I'm just confident. I know the work that we all put into it, so I know what we're capable of. But nobody's satisfied. We haven't done anything. We don't play just to win the Eastern Conference. We play to win the whole thing.
0: That was a rough night in Boston. Rough night in Boston. I'm not going to lie. See some of those crowd shots. Wasn't all that disappointed seeing some of them. Really? <laughs> Wasn't
2: all that Why disappointed. Why do you want to wallow in the misery of Boston Celtics fans? Well,
0: I mean, a couple of them that are just outwardly obnoxious that we hear from all the time. I mean, Bill Simmons? I didn't mind seeing his face on the screen. Well, a little yeah, bummed out. But yeah, but we know Amber Wilson, and she is the most
2: obnoxious Miami Heat fan of all Miami But East I like fans. Amber Wilson. I mean, you know. Yeah, you like
0: her, except when she's obnoxious about her Miami sports team. <laughs> exactly. And now she
2: has even more reason to do
0: Although I will say it's pretty tough when you're flipping on Instagram and in her story, she's down in the Bahamas watching the Heat. Wouldn't that serious? her? Not mad at her. Not <laughs> mad at her for that. God bless her. It's Kante Carlin on ESPN Radio. Sirius XM channel lady, Marcus Spears, Swagoo, with us right now, ESPN NFL analyst, but... More than anything, just from a competitor standpoint, how would you describe the Boston Celtics last night, Swaggo?
4: Um, a lot of what they've been this entire series, man, and look, I know that they came back from 3-0 to push this to game seven and they deserve some credit for that, but they kind of been hanging on by three if you look at this series in totality and then too, like, I don't want to dismiss the fact that Jason Tatum ankle was bothering him, but that is when you, when you, when you think you're about to have to pay Jalen Brown fifty plus million dollars a year, you would think he would step up. Um, I was on talking about him being a one, and the reason why this duo may break up is for him to go assume that role on another team. But just last night, he couldn't. They couldn't get anything going. They it was a prayer that they were in the game anyway in Game Seven uh, when White hit the layup, but. I mean, Boston lived by the three and died by the three this year, and that three ball wasn't falling. And it just seems like, too, um, you know, obviously with a new head coach, we, he made you go for being gone. Eric's supposed to put on the clinic um, last night when it came to what he did and then the, the the step up by Caleb Martin as well. So Miami had everything working for them from coaching on down. Boston had everything falling apart, plus an injury to their superstar. Swagoo,
2: I know we want to characterize this as a massive failure, a massive disappointment for the Boston Celtics, but this same Miami Heat team pushed them to seven games last year, and Boston just so happened to find themselves on the winning side of it. Just looking at it, big picture for Boston, is this an offseason where they need to have massive wholesale changes, or is it tweaks here and there and stay in the course with Tatum and Brown as the core that you build around? I
4: think it's tweaks here and there. Now, I'm – to me, this is all predicated on on uh, Tatum and Brown, right? And especially on, on Brown. Because I think a lot of it has to do with
3: what Jalen
4: wants um, when it comes to the future in his career. Uh, I think the Boston Celtics could eventually win a championship. And these things go like this, man. Like At some point, people in the East are going to start getting better. And you won't be that team that everybody expects to win. So I think a few tweaking pieces. People are talking about getting a guard that can facilitate. But, you know, who would that be um, is the question. And and that's another, if you're trying to, if you talk about Dame Lillard, that's another high volume scorer. You got two of them already. Um, If they can make it work, everybody would want Dame to come in. But I just look at this Boston team right now as missed opportunity. And I'll go to football, even though it's May. Uh, We got the Buffalo Bills entering this territory. About, like, at what point do you get over the hurdle? Because the hurdle is what you're being judged by, not winning games. And I think that's where Boston is. I wouldn't make wholesale changes, but it would have a lot to do with what Jalen Brown sees himself as on that team and in the future.
0: Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL Analyst. Swagoo with us. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Okay, but with with that in mind, when you see the dynamic on the court between those two, do they look like a pair that can have that long-term success?
4: I think so, man. Look, (laughs) everybody in every business and professional sports are trying to find talent. And they also trying to find talent that, that is a little bit above everything else. I heard Tim Legler talk about this, and I thought it was, like, absolutely perfect. The hard part about getting a Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the same team is actually getting them on the same team. And now that you have them, and, and again, I will preface this by saying it is about how Jalen Brown sees himself going forward. But both of those guys are tremendously good young he were young players, and what what you would say is if we keep both of them retooled around them, and our coach gets some more experience. Who, oh, by the way, uh, Missoula was he was down three zero and came back, and he was in the Eastern Conference Finals as a first year head coach. I know we're talking about the, the the collapse and how well they did, how they didn't play well. He was in his first year, he went to the Eastern Conference Final. Um, okay, but there I were also
0: times where he's not, I mean, listen, they start 0 for 12 from three. You talked about the three-point shooting last night. It, you know, maybe we change things up yeah. a little bit?
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I've been hearing this narrative about, well, uh, you know, Missoula is the reason. Yeah, he's a young coach. He's going to have some clubs and some mess-ups. But for the, in totality, the man did a phenomenal job in year one. And yet, you got to have a good team to do it, and you got to have the right type of players. But ultimately, it comes down to coaching at some point, and he did it enough to get him to a game seven. So I respect that about him and what he was able to do. Now, going forward, he's going to have to not only be better and have that team feel like he's better, he's also going to have to play. Like figure out a way to get these guys over the hump, to get Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown over the hump. That that is what he's going to be tasked with. So ultimately, I'm keeping both the stars if I can. Now I know that's to the tune of six hundred million dollars, and I know that's easier said than done. But you got to try to keep this talent in the building, and you got to try to make sure. Well, you got to make sure your coach can help facilitate what that talent hasn't been able to. And I think when you get to that point, then you can start making some decisions about who you want to be as a a football, a basketball team.
0: We didn't even get to any football, but that's okay, because your insight is always welcome. We appreciate it, Swagoo. Thanks. All right, my brothers. Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us. Your calls next at 888-SAY-ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. How do you fix the Celtics? Is it time to break up Tatum and Brown? You are on the line next. Plus, there is a dynasty that might be on its last legs, and one of the key cogs of it walked away today. We'll tell you about it next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
3: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: Canty and Carlin, the podcast. The finals on ESPN Radio. Jokic on the drive, got deep and scored for the
3: lead. We understand that we're heading to the NBA Finals and we have four more games to try to win. Muriel Turner shoots for three. Go!
4: the ball put from behind by Butler Butler gets it back and slams it
3: the longer you're around in this business you realize the harder and harder it is to do something like this
4: Martin on the right side shoots
0: a three straight away thrills it begin Thursday night, kathy and carlin espn radio and on the espn app we have got plenty on the heat nuggets final coming up a little bit later on right now it's all about you at 888 say espn 888-729-3776 colton in arizona will start us off on espn radio this afternoon colton what's up brother hey thanks for taking my call guys um so all I really was saying is, that yes, I think it is
1: 100% time to break up the Tatum-Brown and combo, and I don't think Jason Tatum can ever be the best player on an NBA team and win a championship, unless he has a number two that has that dog in him. Neither one of them have that. When the lights are the brightest, the games are the biggest, neither one of them, when the, when the game's not going their way, they're getting punched in the mouth, neither one of them say, give me the rock, I got this.
0: See, I, I think it. it's hard to say, to say that, that about Tatum. I, I, last night was a bad night. But, I mean, Chris, isn't it hard to say that about Tatum with some of the performances we've seen? Yeah, I mean, in Game 7s before last night, he was
2: 5-1. He was averaging 28 points and 9 boards in those Game 7s. So, I mean, yeah, last night is an outlier because of the ankle injury on the first possession. But Tatum is showing up in big-time moments. I mean, look at the, the Game 7 he put up against the Philadelphia 76ers, 51 points. I mean, look at the fourth quarter in Game 6 in order to get him to a Game 7 where he scored 16 points and it was like fourth for five from three-point land in the final five and a half minutes of Game 6. Look at Game 6, I want to say, was in Milwaukee last year. 46. He drops 46 points. So, I mean, we've seen performances from Tatum, but the inverse is also true. There have been moments that have underwhelmed. Look at the beginning of the conference finals, especially in Game 3 down in Miami, where the entire team, including Tatum, was a no-show. You look at what happened in Game 4 of the NBA Finals last year when it was Steph Curry and not Jason Tatum going off at TD Garden that flipped the momentum in that series. So for all of the great performances that we've seen Tatum have in big-time spots, there have also been moments where he's underwhelmed and you're not used to seeing superstar players, guys in the conversation for best planning in the world, put up those types of numbers. Look about Nikola Jokic in the postseason that he's had. The dude is averaging a 30-point triple-double. Nikola Jokic doesn't have no-show nights. Nope. It just doesn't happen. And, And you're hoping that Jason Tatum could ascend to those types of heights. And yet, we haven't seen it. If we did see it throughout these playoffs, then we would be talking about his team and not the Miami Heat advancing to the finals.
0: Lamar in Massachusetts next on ESPN Radio. Lamar, what do you got, brother?
4: Hey, man, um, I think that it's still a little bit early to talk about busting up Tatum and Brown, and here's why. If we would take their names off of the conversation and the Celtics name off the conversation, talk about two young stars, potential all-star, potential elite in the last three years or so, uh, three conference finals, one championship final, and oh, by the way, three different coaches in three different years, I'm not sure unless you're the Nuggets or someone else like that, that you wouldn't take that bet. But, I mean, to Chris's point earlier,
0: you're you're using that word potential a lot. And this is not year one or year two. This is... Year six. Yeah, that's a problem. (laughs) It's year six. And I I know they're both still young. They're both still 24, 25. But they're not young in NBA years because they've been around for a few years now. I mean, it's more than a fair point to say maybe this is where they top out. Now, I I got one more year of it for me, personally. And, unfortunately, that means for the Celtics, they're going to... Chris, their hands are tied when it comes to Jalen Brown, to me. Mm. They're they're giving him the max. And I actually don't think it's the worst thing in the world because it's not like they're going to have trouble trading away Jalen Brown next year and getting a good return if it's not there or he doesn't want to be there.
2: Yeah, but I mean, do you want to waste another year of Jason Tatum in his prime? No. No, so, I don't. So if, I, but, if the inevitability is Jalen Brown being traded, why wouldn't you do that this summer
0: as opposed to waiting a year? Well, do I give it one more chance? That's my point. Do I give it one more chance based on – I'm going to operate under this assumption. They're not going to get a, a talent or a combination thereof this summer that's going to immediately make Tatum a, a contender. How do you know that, though? Uh, that's the part I don't know.
2: Like I, <laughs> I, 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 get, I get that you probably wouldn't get – an in equal individual talent, but how would you know that you wouldn't be able to cobble together players and picks that would be commensurate to a guy of Jalen Brown's caliber? Listen, how if do you know that?
0: If, if we're going to talk about Jalen Brown and we're talking about getting Dame Lillard and you want to build that kind of package, I'm not going to kill that. Yeah, I, I guess my whole point is this.
2: Haven't the Miami Heat shown us that it's not just about talent? It's about players complementing one another and it's about guys playing to their full potential. That's the thing that I want to see from the Boston Celtics moving forward, and that's why I think it's worth asking some hard questions if you're Brad Stevens. It's by no means a fait accompli that this tandem is going to run it back next
0: season. By the way, what did the Heat prove? That's next.
1: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin
0: podcast.
1: You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.